This is the making of Smile Oasis. Hey, what's up, Jackie? Hey, Michael. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Let me ask you, how cold is it over there right now where you're at? Temperature is great here in Florida. It is Florida. So it's pretty good. So it's like 70 or 80 or You know higher. what? I don't even know. I just know <laughs> that like today I happened to put on a jean jacket, but I could walk out without it if I wanted to. It's not that bad, <laughs> but I'm from New York, so I'm not a fair gauge. Okay. I'm going to be here like freezing, but it's like 50. So don't even, don't even, <laughs> you're like, anyways, Michael, oh, that's funny, but awesome. So how's everything kind of coming along before we get into what this episode is about? Just kind of give me like a pretty good, uh, how, how are things looking? It's coming along. Um, contracting is going well, but you know, my nerves are kicking in now. So <laughs> it's getting close and um, the excitement is still there, but my nerves are definitely kicking in right now. Are you... Are you reading anything like in specific, like a book or anything like that, that where you're like, okay, so I can better prepare myself or not? Yeah, actually, I just, um, I don't know if this is completely related to the startup, but I just started reading The White Coat Investor. Oh, that's, what is that about? It's about like basically setting yourself up for financial success and kind of uh, learning the ropes of finances because they don't really teach us that in dental school, right? Mm -hmm. um so it's just just kind of educating myself on that aspect of it but i just started that one okay cool cool so that's more like to invest within your business yeah understanding finances and investing in general okay i like that awesome okay so in this episode we're going to be talking about all your financials okay like as far as what it took to get to where you're at right now how it's looking unexpected things things like that so I wanted to ask you, what bank did you decide to go with at the very beginning? So I went with Bank of America. Okay. Why why'd you pick them? I picked them because they were recommended to me. Someone recommended looking at Wells Fargo and Bank of America. At the time, I just felt like their reps were very responsive and um, kind of a little bit on top of the process. So I felt more comfortable since I didn't know much about it to kind of go with them and start the process with them. Gotcha. Were you going in between like them and somebody else or nah? Yeah, I looked into Wells Fargo, but I, I decided, I mean, based on the interaction and like the structure and everything, Bank of America seemed a little bit more structured in the way that they were handling things. So I decided to just go ahead with that because I don't know the first thing about a startup. So I need a little yeah. bit of guidance. <laughs> what, what to you stood out where you're like, you guys are way more structured than Wells Fargo? responsiveness. They were really quick to, um, to kind of educate me on the process, educate me on the steps I needed to take. And again, like going from like square one, <laughs> I needed all the, the help I could get. So um, they were offering a lot of information for me and the rates were pretty good also. So um, I felt confident in going with them. Okay. Okay. That's good. So with that, usually a bank wants to know like a bunch of details, right? In order to assess the risk and if they feel you'll you'll pay them their money back uh, that you borrow. So did you have to fill out a, a PFS, like a personal financial statement? Yes, I did. So they did request some financial documents and they wanted to see like my savings. They wanted to see like, you know, how much student loans I had, um, what income I was currently making at my associateship, all those things they factored in. What did that look like, Jackie? Take us deeper into that. Like what did, uh, what specifically did they request? How did your savings look like? Your debt? Yeah, they requested, um, well, you know, my debt is 
sky high through the roof because I went to NYU. (laughs) That's a whole other story. But um, they did factor that in. They factored in like my bank statements. They wanted to see like my history of bank statements um, to know if I had liquid assets, basically. I guess, you know how like when you're going for a home mortgage, they want to know how many assets you have in the bank so that in the event that something happens, like you have some sort of coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted to know that, my banking history, and also um, they wanted to know how much we had in savings. They also asked what my husband did too, to kind of like, I guess, see if we had other income as well. And they asked a lot of questions about whether I planned on staying as an associate part-time when I opened or like, what did my vision look like for when I opened? Yeah. What did you answer to, to that specific one, the last one? The answer I gave them for that is yeah. um, I didn't really want to um, work an associateship afterwards. I kind of wanted to like put all my energy into like developing the brand and developing a practice, which was great about Bank of America because, you know, I guess with the history or whatever they researched or, you know, the fact that I did have some assets or, you know, the fact that um, I did have supplemental income for my husband they were actually okay with me saying that I wasn't going to have an associateship. I know Wells Fargo actually may require that you have an associateship for part-time. Do they require for a specific amount of time or just they just say you need to have it? You just need to have it. Now you can quit the next day if you want, but you need to have it. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So how much were, like, give me a range of like your savings. Like, was it like a good amount or were you like more, what would it have caused them to be like, this is not enough? Oh, I don't know what, what their parameters, what they look for. I like they actually did tell me, forgive me for not knowing these numbers, but I think it was a s- certain amount they like to look for, maybe like 30 or 40,000. I think I had a little bit over 100,000 at that time in savings. Um, mm-hmm. So they were comfortable with that number. Yeah, they were comfortable with that. What were they uncomfortable with when it came to the debt? They really didn't care too much, surprisingly, about the debt because, um, I really don't know why, but I, I guess they figure that dental school is expensive now and maybe even now more expensive than when, it, when I was there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so they just know it comes with the territory. Okay. How much did you have? Student loan debt? Oh, close to 500000 Oh. <laughs> it was crazy. It, I mean, yeah. I'm so, working to aggressively pay that down because I really hate debt. <laughs> so yeah. it freaks me out. But no, yeah. no. Yeah, I get you. But, but at the time... That's how much when you asked for the loan, that's how much was in your account, right? 500000 right? In, in your student loan debt. Not quite, but close to it, yeah. Close to it, okay. So then they're still like, okay, cool. We're gonna, they, they looked at your savings. Now I'm assuming you also had to do like a business plan, right? Yeah, well, kind of, um, I guess what the business plan was for them, it wasn't a formal plan that I had to write out. It was more so like I filled out a page more so talking about um, how many ops I wanted to have, but it was a very simple process. I filled out a form, how many ops I wanted to have, how many days a week I wanted to work. And then I followed that up with a phone conversation with them. Really? I feel like some people, like if you kind of hear some past uh, episodes too, like with other people we documented, they're like, yeah, we had to do like a mission statement, vision, core values, demographics, all these things. Like, and, you know, they didn't even find their location yet, or maybe they might've found a location, you know what I mean? Or things switch and, but you just had to do a one, one page thing, right? Yeah, it was pretty simple. They did ask me what area I planned on practicing in. And of course that changed quite often from that, from that initial conversation, because mm-hmm. like I told you, a couple of my spaces kind of fell through, but yeah, they just asked generally, what area do you want to practice in? Um, they didn't even ask like the demographic ratios or the demographic results. Wow. So I think you kind of had it in the bag no matter what. You know what I mean? 
Like they were maybe, like, you got maybe, this. Yeah. I don't know what they look for exactly. Maybe they have some kind of formula they use, but yeah, they didn't ask too much. Wow. Okay. So then how much was the loan and the agreements, like the percentage? Yeah. So the loan is for 500000 um, but I don't plan to use all that. I'll talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the loan is for 500000 and um, the percent, the rate that when I was initially going for it was 35 but they did have a promotion afterwards, which I was able to take advantage of. And it got me at 2.99. Oh, snap. What was the promotion about? Like it was just for, for anything? You know, I'm not sure. And another reason why these groups are so helpful, because I found out on the startup group, someone was like, wow, I just got offered 2.99 by Bank of America. And, you know, people started chiming in. Uh, and then I called my rep right away. I'm like, hey, someone got 2.99. I mean, what's this about? You know, <laughs> so... Um, so they were able to extend it to me. Were they like, well, they did. Let me see what I can do. Let me, hold on. Were they like that or not? Yeah, they're super nice. At the end of the day, they want you to, to choose them for your, to close the loan, right? My loan wasn't closed at the time. So of course they were going to try to match that. Yeah. That's cool. You should have gone maybe like lower. You should have been like, you know what? I saw 1%. What's up with that? I didn't want to get too greedy, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I thought two point nine nine was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. Awesome. So, so you don't plan to use the whole loan amount? No, I don't want to. Like I, I was saying, like I really hate the idea of debt, which is crazy. I have to kind of, in some ways, kind of get over that. But I really don't like. I feel like debt shackles me. So, like the student loans, like I, I'm aggressively paying them. Um, but also the practice set, I just don't want that hanging over my head. So I'm one to always look for a great deal. Like I want the finished result, but how can I get this more cost effective? How can I get this a little bit more frugally? So definitely don't plan on spending all that money. Yeah. Where does that come from, Jackie? Did you maybe in the before a long time ago had a lot of debt in it or growing up like your family or how, how do how do you come to know about that? I think that I just, you know, I had my moments in time where I wanted to spend, spend, spend. I, I'm not going to say I didn't, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty, as the person, I'm pretty much very like savings conscious and very like, like when I was a child, if I got allowance for something or if I made some money, like with my summer youth job, I was the kid to save it, not to go spend all of it. So mm-hmm. dental school with that huge lump sum of debt, it really scared me. And it still scares me because it's not paid off yet completely. But I just don't like the idea of, you know, having that burden of thinking about that. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a, like a pleasant thing. You know what I mean? Like you either accumulate so much that you try to ignore it or then you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you try and pay it off and things like that. I think that's a really, really good viewpoint not to have that much. I know some people say like, you have to have debt, right? Like it, there's such thing as good debt and bad debt, but I don't know. I'm kind of like more yeah. on your side, you know, of it. Yeah, there's good debt and there's bad debt. I hear that. I definitely hear that a lot. I'm kind of teetering the line because you hear people that say, oh, forget it. Just keep the student loans forever. And then you hear people like, you know, Dave Ramsey who are like, pay those <laughs> off t- tomorrow, yesterday, you know? Um, yeah. But we yeah. did talk to our financial advisor and they were saying basically, um, if I was just a general dentist by myself, they would recommend, you know, investing in other areas and kind of focusing on that versus the loan. But because we're both in the same profession um, and because of those factors, like they said, we, we can't get out of it. So you just got to you got to pay it down. Yeah. Do you guys have like a plan already built for that? Like, oh, this is how much we're going to dedicate to dedicated funds to pay it off in this amount of time. Yeah. So, um, look, if you left it up to me, I would just dump everything on those loans. I just don't <laughs> like I just don't like loans. But I have to think smart, right? I have to educate myself. So um, we have a financial advisor and they actually, 
they, you know, work with us on where to kind of put our money and not to leave too much in the bank. Uh, well, we have, you know, we have money in the bank, but to not just leave your money sitting there in savings where it doesn't help you, but a plan to like save for our kids' future, a plan for, you know, a certain amount of money that goes towards loans every month, a certain amount of money that goes towards investments every month and towards savings every month. So all that is still in play, even with this, um, your, your practice being built, right? Yes. Okay, so then what is, how does that look like? Like, what is, what is too much in the bank? What do they advise you? Well, I mean, they say have like six months living expenses in the bank. So I guess like I try to live as frugally as I can, but you know, realistically with, with a home and the cost of like maintaining a home and all that kind of stuff, it kind of goes up a little bit and childcare for one is mm-hmm. super expensive, but they say a hundred thousand is it's like comfortable to just leave in the bank. Um, and then the rest of whatever you have, you can start investing or putting away for like 529s for the kids, other funds for the kids, and also into student loans. Yeah. And I feel like, well, I don't know, things are different now because like when you were, I feel like New York is much more expensive than Florida, right? From what I understand. Yeah. Just to give you a little bit of perspective, we lived in a high rise in downtown Brooklyn. And what we paid for rent for one bedroom apartment is what we pay for a five bedroom house. So shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> With like an acre of land. So it's like, it's crazy. It's and crazy. horses like, and goats. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, how much was that? How, how much was rent for that one bedroom? Oh, you're getting very specific, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> one bedroom in New York was almost 4000 a month. Jeez. Almost for the one bedroom. Yeah, it was crazy. And we had that period of time where we were just crazy enough to do it. But I would never do that again. <laughs> Man, and that was in Brooklyn? That was in Brooklyn, yeah. Wow, we that that is that's that's more than here. Like it's wow. insane. Okay. But I would never do that again. But you know, you YOLO, right? YOLO. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You'll definitely. That's how you, that's how you learn. So with the five hundred thousand, where is that all being specific? Like, how is that all budgeted accordingly? Like, because I know you can't just like, all right, I'm gonna go crazy on chairs, right? You have to have a specific amount for supplies and things like that. So how does that look? Right. So I know with some people, with some loans and banks, they allow you to spend your 500000 or whatever they give you freely. Mm-hmm. With Bank of America, that's not the case. And I am a little frustrated in the way that they process things, but we can get to that in a little bit. But I believe for working capital, it's 75000 for um, equipment. Ooh, I don't have my figures 100%. But working capital is about 75000 Construction is two seventy five, I believe. And the remainder is for equipment. Okay. Okay. And do you plan for equipment, not cut corners, but like, you know what I mean? Like be a little bit more tighter, I guess. Oh yeah. That's going to be my middle name because (laughs) (laughs) I I have to go crazy with this. The end of the day, the end of the day, like I, you know, when I think about it as a patient, you know, to us as dentists, it might matter. Okay. Do I get the Rolls Royce of dental chairs or will a Honda of dental chairs like suffice? You know what I mean? Like patients don't care if there's a Rolls Royce of a dental chair. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. um, with that said, I was not going for $20,000 chairs. I I honestly, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I just think that that's a ripoff. You know, there's no reason a chair should cost $20,000, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I went with dancer row chairs. So I will let you know how they work. (laughs) I will let you know. What are they called? Dancero, they're made oh, in Dancero, California. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, wow. Dancero chairs. How much did that? Well, I mean, we're going to get into another episode with equipment specifically, but just really quick, how much was that? Yeah, so um, 
just to give a little bit of perspective, it was about twenty-seven thousand for four ops, complete ops oh, for a dance row. Four ops, for which four is pretty ops. good. Yeah, it's considering good. I, I think I got a quote from Benko for hmm for the what chairs was I looking at? I was looking at a few options, but I was looking at Benko, and it was looking at for three ops about double that, almost fifty thousand. Wow. Okay, that's mm-hmm. good. That's really really good. Then the dance row chairs. If Dance Rose listening, we are open for any... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was a, a better deal, <laughs> but no, that's awesome. Okay, so why were you frustrated with the way Bank of America processed things? It's just, again, with that, it's just a little bit frustrating because like with payouts. For instance, like I had one company, I was, I was looking at Lenovo for computers, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they had a W9, they required W9, which is fine. And they require like a wire form, which is fine. Um, but they have all these little rules. Like it can't be a certain signature. It has to be a wet signature. So like the rep had to go and, you know, such a big company, it's hard to find that one person that can physically sign something, right? Yeah. So it just took a long time um, to get that process. And I ended up having to go with computers somewhere else, right? Wow. And then the rep, the person who was like assigned to me is not very responsive at all. There is a girl that works with him and she's amazing. Like she, she's always there. She's always helping. But for some reason, the guy I'm assigned to, he just like does not answer his phone ever. So <laughs> this is for your rep for Bank of America. Yeah. He like never answers. And I just don't know why, like very rarely, if I shoot an email and attach other people, then he'll answer. But the girl, like she's like on it. She's like been handling most of my things and um, she's been great. But I would just say, like, just the payout, the ease of the system with the payouts has been a little bit rocky. Yeah, it's just been a little, a little delayed. And like, for instance, also with my sign company, like they were giving them a check instead of a wire. But I guess they have certain rules of when they can send checks out. So it kind of delayed my signage. So it's just a little bit of like a, like a lack of a seamlessness. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting then. So how much do you plan to not use out of your bank? I mean, out of your loan? Well, it depends on where I end up, but I'm really trying to probably do a third of that or a half of that. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. And then the rest of it is just going to be like towards the loan, towards the student loan saves? Well, or? the way it works with um, Bank of America is that if you don't use it, you're not, um, it just doesn't count. So they're not giving me 500,000 in my bank account. They're giving me access to 500,000. So mm. if I don't have invoices for them to pay, then it's just unused money, basically. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's smart. Okay, really quick. What's a wet signature? You mentioned it right now. Yeah, wet signature is like a handwritten signature. So for like, which is great for small companies. It's easy to do. Like my contractor was able to give it to them. You know, smaller companies like my sign company was able to do that. But big companies like, well, Dell has worked with them. So they have that, but like Lenovo, which is a huge company and hadn't really worked that much with them, it was really hard to kind of track down that handwritten signature from a, you know, an executive. I know. That's like, it's super hard. And and they require that Bank of America. Yeah. Man, that's difficult then. I can understand. I can understand. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about the marketing budget. How does that look like? Yeah. So as far as marketing, um, I I have a little bit of a different I'm not going to do like direct sales marketing right away. Um, I'm actually doing consulting with um, Platinum Mastermind uh, with Dr. Nissa Holmes. Okay. And and what her course is kind of teaching us is to start with community first. So what we're doing is over the holiday season, what I did was like a 12 days of giveaways, just like 
to introduce myself to the local community and kind of posting that and getting them involved with my social media. And then I want to continue that by doing like community outreach and just kind of leading with them getting to know us. So um, what I'm doing right now is like boosting posts of my startup journey. So like um, I'm documenting everything from like demolition to uh, walkthroughs for framing, um, you know, selections of finishes, that kind of thing. I'm kind of boosting just so that the the area can kind of get to know me as a dentist. Um, and what I plan on doing afterwards, like in the next couple of weeks, is to have a video kind of, which I will post as an ad, a video kind of um, introducing myself um, and why I created Smile Oasis, what we stand for, how we plan on integrating into the community and what kind of service they'll receive with us. Um, and then from there, after people get to know us more, I'm going to start with obviously like Facebook ads, Google ads um, and things like that. But I kind of want to lead with them knowing who we are, knowing why we're doing what we're doing and um, getting involved with the community. Oh, yeah. Like thousand percent. I think you should be doing that ground marketing, you know, like going everywhere and talking to people, talking mm-hmm. to your businesses. How much is the Platinum Mastermind? It's twenty three thousand. OK, for and the that's. Year. Oh, for the year. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So you're in that. That's like your marketing budget right now, right? You used your part of your loan for that, right? I paid that out of pocket because again, that's another frustrating thing with Bank of America is that I'm having to pay a lot of out of my pocket. So I feel like if I didn't have um, savings, what would happen to me? Because, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'd be out there like, even my husband said it, like I would just be out there because a lot of things they don't pay for. Like, for instance, since there's not a lump sum in the account, like anything I need from Amazon, Wayfair, I have to pay for it myself. My computers, I had to pay for myself. Um, the consulting, I pay for myself. <laughs> so then what's the point of the so the only issue is here is that are you paying for it yourself because it's not coming in fast enough? Or is it more for like they're the ones deciding like, nah, we're not going to pay for that? No, it's just the the system that they have set up just doesn't facilitate it because like Amazon is not going to give them a wet signature, right? It's like, like, you know, or like Dr. Holmes, like not going to stop and give them a wet signature. So I had to like pay for the course and they're like, okay, well, we're giving you 75,000 in working capital. Um, Working capital cannot be increased, by the way. It's only at 75,000. So that has to pay for my rent, my staff, if I choose to pay myself. And it also has to pay me back for all the costs I've incurred so far, which is probably probably about forty dollars to $50,000, I mean, already. So you're going to have to dip into your, you're going to have to use your own money, right? Like eventually. Oh, yeah. I think most things I have been paying for already, except like the bigger things, like my contractor they're paying, signage they paid, chairs they paid, but every little thing in between, I've been paying like the attorney fees, all those little things in corporation, my lease deposit. I paid all of that. They didn't pay any of that. Dang, I don't know about that, Jackie. Like that sounds kind of like we should, I don't know, like say, do y'all need a wet signature for everything? Like that's kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm running out here. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing it all. If someone is considering it, maybe go with someone with a little bit less restrictions probably. If I were to do it again, I might think, you know, the rep that I was assigned to is not doing very much for me right now, but the woman that is helping me a lot, she's super great, super helpful. Um, I wish I could clone her, but in terms of the stream, (laughs) you know, the streamlining the process is just not there yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so throughout this time, have you had to hire or bring on a lawyer or no? I did get a dental attorney attorney for the uh, lease review. So I had, um, 
a dental specific, like, you know, real estate agent that took me around. And once I found a place and was drafted a lease, um, then I had the attorney take a look at it. He did have like a flat rate of 3,500, a local attorney. That's local dental attorney in your area. Yes. Okay. What was, what was his name? Jonathan. I can look up the last name right now if you give me a second. But his name is Jonathan. He's local to the Orlando area. And he has a flat fee, which was good because I also like researched that in the startup group. And a lot of people were saying like flat fee is the way to go because some of these places, like if you pay hourly or something, it can kind of drag out and you end up paying so much more money. Mm-hmm. So um, I did contact one of the guys that was highly recommended in the group. Also, which is very expensive for the same job. You know, um, I think it was upwards of, they were saying it can start at 4,000, it can go up to 8,000. So, you know, I decided to go with someone local. The other guy who, who's the other guy who you contacted from, everybody was recommending? I think it was Robert Montgomery. I mean, okay. he's very, very nice. Very nice. Um, great reviews for him. You know, I had nothing bad to say at all. You know, I just, it was just, um, I wanted to go with someone local who was maybe a flat fee. Gotcha. That's That's interesting. I like that. I, I've always known it as like, you know, hourly and things like that. And it does kind of get pricier, you know, because <laughs> you can't, I don't know what they charge for, you know, and then they're like, oh, yeah. For those three emails, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, emails, really, you know, <laughs> and then it happened. So no, that's, that's really, really smart. I wanted to ask, how are you keeping track of all this? Like, how are you budgeting to make sure you're on track? Yeah. So, um, I jot everything down, you know, I'm, I'm being super frugal in this process <laughs> because I just don't want it to cost me an arm and two legs and a kidney, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just like, I just jot everything down. Like I have a whole like word document. I'm going to get an Excel spreadsheet as well, but um, I have a whole document with like different categories of what I'm spending money on. And, you know, if I spend more in a certain area, I'm like, okay, well, I still need to stay in budget. How do I cut back from something else? But sticking into budget is super important for me. I don't want it to compromise like the final result I want, but, you know, I don't have to have like caviar when, you know, you can get something that looks similar, functions great for you, and is going to be more cost effective, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. So then so far, what expenses have shocked you that has really surpassed your initial thoughts or your initial business plan budget? Yeah. Construction is expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very, especially now because of uh, COVID, um, you know, and like difficulty in getting materials, difficulty in getting people to do things. It's really just skyrocketed the cost of everything, you know? Um, and I did get quite a few quotes, um, some from dental specific contractors. And then um, my contractor is not dental specific, but he has done dental offices in the past. Um, but he has been very fair considering, you know, the market and everything. He's very fair in terms of his pricing. And I've been very happy with him so far. Um, but I would say cost of construction is, is one thing. That's probably, probably the main thing. And also, I was so shocked and surprised at how expensive, like pretty much everything is when you tack on the dental name to it. <laughs> really? Know? Like how, how did you figure that out? Yeah. I just feel like, have you ever heard of the thing called like dental tax? I just. Dental tax. Like, oh, dental tax. Dental yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard of I that. just feel like once you say you're a dentist, the price is triples. And I don't know why it's kind of like when you say you're a bride and you're planning for a wedding, the, the same a hundred dollar cake is now $10,000. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, that happens. That happens, Jack. So then that's what you've been noticing. You feel like everything has been uh, a little bit over budget with your construction. 
Well, a little, I mean, I have to work hard to stay in budget. Let's just say that because for instance, like I had no idea how expensive dental chairs were. Like they're super expensive. And then like one dental sensor, like $6,000. Like I had to search for bargains on that. Like, you know, just those, those associated costs kind of really shocked me because I was like, how, how am I ever going to make money if I'm spending, <laughs> you know, yeah. a gazillion dollars on everything. So yeah, that, that gets expensive. I mean, uh, for everything in that scenario. Dental sensors, how much did you pay for that? Well, I was looking at, I got an initial quote from Benko. Um, I really liked the rep. He was super nice. He actually um, brought us down to the, the headquarters and everything to kind of look at everything. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. But once I started, um, got a quote from him and I started to like look into the group and actually research what people had done, what the regrets were, all that kind of stuff. I decided to shy away from those big, big dogs, you know, because they're, they're, costs are kind of um, exponentially higher than some of these other smaller companies. But with Benko, I believe for the sensors, uh, we were going to go with Vatek. They had a buy to get one deal. but So buying three was going to land me at around $14,000. And I okay. ended up going with Dental Planet for the sensors. And Dental Planet was $2,700 each. So I saved significantly on those sensors. Okay, that's good. That's really, really good. I like that. So you saved on the chairs and the centers. Yeah, you're really trying. You're you're doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're really trying uh, to stay in budget. What to you was under budget? Where you're like, wow, this is coming. This is nice. I thought it was it was gonna be more. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, Michael, I wish. <laughs> nothing at uh, all. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing shocked you. Where you're like, this is nice. This is under budget. Everything you feel has been. Either the same or over budget? Like you're, you're okay. like, oh. <laughs> I will say, okay, I got lucky with my IT guy. Like, you know, I know there's a lot of people who pay like these big companies to do like IT for like $40,000 and something like that. It's 40 and up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I decided I was not going to do that. I did contact some local companies and there were some with that similar model with like, you know, manages your IT every month. I chose to go with someone who sets up the IT for me, you know, sets up all the computers, sets up the server and can come in on an as needed basis. So that helped me to save tremendously. So I would say that that definitely was a lot lower than I had anticipated. He charges like 120 an hour. So um, he hasn't set up for me yet. We're doing IT setup on um, Monday, I believe, but it's going to be around $1,000 probably. Versus $40,000. It might not be a fair assessment because I know with the $40,000, I'm not sure if that included their computers and whatnot. So it might not be fair. Um, But I did buy my equipment separately. And then he's just charging for his installation services. Gotcha. Okay. I did hear what some people are doing is they're going like, I don't know if you heard of this, but cloud-based to remove the IT expense on that side, like hardware-wise. Yes. And I did um, hear about that. And I looked into the group and kind of researched that as much as I could. People who converted to cloud-based seem to be very happy. So I was really interested in that, especially if I didn't have to buy a expensive server because the servers run about like 4,000, 4,500, right? So I was very interested in that. But when I called Open Dental, even the reps didn't seem to know much about the cloud Open Dental. So I, yeah. So I was like, since they're not knowledgeable of it and they don't really, they're not really promoting it to me, um, like that, you know, like they really want me to have it, then I just want with the traditional. Gotcha. Do you think down the road you might be going cloud-based maybe? Because that's like a whole your central nervous system, basically, of your practice. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, possibly. And I know there are like different like 
um, dental systems that are already cloud-based and that people, you know, seem to love. But I know like Open Dental is kind of tried and true and like a lot of other softwares and systems integrate with Open Dental. So since it's a bit of a learning curve for me, I kind of really wanted to stick with Open Dental. I really wanted to use their cloud system, but they didn't really offer much information about it. So maybe in the future, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I like that. So that pretty much covers it for financials. Anything else you wanted to mention price-wise or anything with your budget or anything like that? No. Okay, that's good. So then coming up on this week, what has been happening with your build out, your practice, everything this week? Yeah, so this week, (laughs) there is a lot going on just behind the scenes, just trying to get everything together. I feel like my head is a little a little bit spinning, right? It's just a lot of moving parts. But right now, in terms of construction, um, as we speak today, they are finishing flooring. Um, paint was completed last week. They're finishing flooring now. And uh, I believe they're also setting up my cabinets. I got my cabinets from Ikea, by the way. So that oh, was wow. another tip. From- mm-hmm. That's so cool. Like, I, I've heard people, I mean, I know some other practices that do that, but I mean, like, I feel like I'd be lost. Like, did you bring somebody with you or... No, just me, my husband, and my baby. <laughs> we we're like, okay, let's wing it. Let's figure it out. Uh, we took some measurements and I just wanted minimal cabinetry just behind the patient, basically. So um, it wasn't too hard to kind of decide. Yeah, that's true. I never, it's kind of like the same concept of, of chairs. You know what I mean? Like where they're like, oh my gosh, are these from Ikea or are these from like a really expensive cabinetry? You know what I mean? I don't think patients really... I don't think I don't think they care as long as it looks nice. Now you don't want something to look like you made it, you know. Well, <laughs> if you're skilled, then yeah. But you know, like I wouldn't want someone to think like, oh yeah, Dr. Jackie did this as a DIY, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but if it looks nice, then who cares, you know? Um, and I actually looked online in the group and people who like were they were like, show me your IKEA cabinets. And like people would show all these like nice, beautiful setups, and they're like, Yeah, I saved this much on it. So I was like, you know what, let me, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's just, let's do what they did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. So that's what you did this week. You went to go purchase the cabinets? No, the cabinets have been purchased. I was actually pretty scared that they wouldn't come in time because everything is back ordered at Ikea. I don't know what's going on, (laughs) but um, yeah, everything is back ordered. So when I went there to order it, they're like, yeah, you know, there was a limit on what I could get because they're like, some of these things, if you want this color or if you want this particular feature, it's four months waiting time. I'm like, I don't have four months. So I was able to decide on something. um, And then thank God it was able to come in time. um, But I was a little bit scared about that. And I got my countertops from Home Depot. And um, yeah, so they're going to come and install those next week. Okay, so everything's kind of like on track and still on on board, right? Like to opening up on February 1st. Well, it depends. Well, okay, so a little bit of a wrench and everything is my server. Again, everything is delayed. So the server from Dell may not come until January 27th. And I am hoping and praying that it comes before them because IT is getting set up on Monday. Of course, you can come back and set the server up, but it's just a little bit of a a headache because um, I may have to use one of my computers as a server temporarily if it doesn't come in time. Have you, that's been like the issue for the whole thing, right? Like uh, the supplies more than anything, like there's a back backup on that, right? Yeah, it's just, it's, it just makes your options a lot more limited, you know, um, because like they had some servers, but, you know, being an IT guy, he knows what he's talking about. Like, I don't know anything about that. So whereas I would just pick any server, he's like, no, these are the requirements you need for your office to function. So with those specs, there's very limited options, right? Same thing with the cabinets I wanted. 
and with other things too. For instance, I was very lucky enough to find like good floors, like the color I wanted and um, the price I wanted because, you know, my contractor actually took me to a warehouse that was like kind of like a wholesale place. Mm -hmm. But everything I looked at that I liked was either over budget or unavailable for like five months. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Yeah. So it didn't so even I work. Yeah. So at one point I like ran around town, like, oh my gosh, I got to find floors. <laughs> so I was going from store to store to store for like, for like 12 hours until I found something. Does your contractor have like, it's uh, their finger on the trigger. I mean, like for that, when it comes to like, Hey, these are the only places I know for sure that will give it to you even ahead of time or on time, everything else. Probably not. You know, he's, he's pretty good about all that stuff, but he's also, he seems like a very, very nice guy. Seems a little, like a little bit like a laid back kind of personality, not like type A, he doesn't seem that way. Um, so whereas I'm like, I need it and I need to find a solution now. He was mm. like, oh yeah, the warehouse, you know, I'm, they, I'm pretty sure they have shades that you like and, you know, uh, minimal wait time. And then when I went to the warehouse, nothing was available in the shades that I like. So <laughs> then of course I freak out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um had to make sure I found it myself because I couldn't wait for other people to like find it and give me options later on, you know. So that's a little yeah. stressful. That is. That's super stressful, man. Like to So let me ask you, does the community know? Because I know you're pretty active on on social media, right? Specifically, I mean, I think I, I don't have other ones, but like Instagram, right? I notice on uh, and by the way, for anybody listening, you can go on the show notes below and follow. Uh, Jackie on Instagram and her practice, both profiles if you want. But have you let the community know when you're going to be open or no? Yeah, I started to. So um, on my website, I actually have it now that we're coming in February. Um, and I invite you know my patients to sign up for the VIP list so they can get notified for when we're taking appointments and so they can get notified on like updates on the practice. Um, that's on the website. But on Instagram, it does say coming to Maitland um, February 2022. And when I'm posting my reels and my updates, I'm letting them know every time when I'm opening. So okay, okay. And check us out. And we're opening in February. Got you. Got you. Okay. Because I was wondering if you have already, then it's kind of like more pressure, you know, like where you're like, holy crap, we got to get this open on this specific day, you know, or like know. This specific time. I have not said February 1st, okay. <laughs> but, but I do say February because look, by one way or another, I will be opening at some point in February, maybe February 28th, but it will be in February. <laughs> I know. That's good. That's smart that you did it say February 1st because I would have been like, oh my gosh, it's like, like <laughs> right. then you have to push it back or maybe who knows, but awesome. Okay. So any, anything else going on this week? Any new updates? No, no right now flooring um, is going in. Oh, actually I have tomorrow um, a guy coming in to do a fireplace feature wall for me, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited about that. Wait, they're and, doing a feature wall, you said? Yeah, like a fireplace feature wall, like with the TV and uh, electric fireplace. Oh, snap. That's so cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. And then what else? Um, so that's that. And then um, I believe my chairs are being shipped on Friday. So my chairs will be here in about probably by mid next week. So we're moving. We're getting there, I guess. We're getting there, guys. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you reach out to Jackie if you have any questions or concerns. Go in the show notes below. Follow her journey and follow all her uh, social media handles and everything like that. And Jackie, sign us out. You're listening to the Making of Smile Oasis.